Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The dream is made real. Ricky Hatton rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over. Mamma mia. He's done it. Anthony Joshua defeats Vladimir Klitschko. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. Welcome back, fight fans, to the big fight reaction. A history-making weekend that we've just witnessed as Katie Taylor defended her undisputed lightweight title or titles against Amanda Serrano in what was an absolutely brilliant fight that certainly lived up to the hype. And then we had Shakur Stevenson certainly coming of age, beating Oscar Valdez this past weekend. Two big fights that we enjoyed previewing two big fights that we're going to enjoy reacting to in this episode plus a roundup of all the other fights from the undercards that we really enjoyed and some of the other bits of news from this past weekend just gone so let's get into the meat of the episode then katie taylor amanda serrano greatest female boxing match of all time it certainly lived up to the hype this one johnston I, I really enjoyed watching this fight i've watched it more than once because i felt like it, it needed it and i felt like it needed it because it was quite a contentious decision there was a lot of people that felt amanda serrano should have won this fight whereas there was also a lot of people that felt that katie taylor won this fight quite convincingly so i'm gonna hand this over to you i want to know what you felt about the fight and i'm gonna ask you about how you saw that fight play out and and do you think Caitlin Taylor was the deserved winner or do you think it should have been a draw or do you even think Serrano won that fight well initially when it started I must say uh first from the off I was actually surprised I actually stayed up and watched this live I, I say stayed up I fell a kip um and then I was woken up by my uh, karate kid of a son at the minute, he's loving karate kid. That's a, that's a whole other type of topic. But um, luckily he did because I was, literally I woke up and I think I, I, I caught the Smith fight, which we were going to, Smith and Vargas fight. And then I was I was up and I was I was really looking forward to it. I'm really pleased I did watch it live. I enjoyed all the intros, the build up to it. 
And then going into the fight itself, the first time I watched it, so yeah, it's early hours of the morning, still half a kip, I suppose, but I felt that Katie Taylor did win the fight. I f we did say that Katie needed to take the first few rounds, and I believe she did that. And I think then they had the, the middle part where Amanda Serrano put it on Katie. And, and to be fair, it's probably down to Katie's own will to want to to get in, engaged in the fight. Because I felt, she, for me, she won the first three rounds. I don't know what the guy was, it Mannix, whatever the fella's name is, I don't know what scorecard he was pulling out at that point. Because I was just like, am I watching the same fight? Honestly, I weren't sure. And sort of hearing other people's opinions of it if, sort of the next day, I think I was pretty right in my mind. I thought Katie won the first three. I thought Serrano won the next three. And Katie was in a pack of trouble in that fifth. She looked like she might have even been taken out at one point, to be honest with you. But then either Amanda was sort of, whether she tired, maybe she went for broke a bit too much and she she lacked a bit more power going into the fight from the seventh because I thought Katie Taylor took over from the seventh, the eighth and the ninth and then the tenth is a contentious round. It's either round, but I still think Taylor, Katie Taylor won the sort of the better of those exchanges. She was coming out on top for me and that's why I felt that she won that 10th round. So for me, I must say that I think Katie won it. I think she won it by a round. I haven't seen it again, but I will also like, I would like to congratulate the judge, one of the judges that actually give it to Taylor. I can't remember the guy, which one it was, but he actually gave a 10-8 round in that fifth round and I thought that was very good judging. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the fight. As I said before, I thought it was a great fight to watch. It it kind of went out the way I thought it was going to when we was talking about it in the preview show. We was talking about how, how close quarters it was going to be and, you know, how Katie Taylor would have to get in there and, and, and she'd have to be fast and she'd have to get out. And she did that over the first few rounds and, and, and towards the sort of the midway point, she started to do that again after she had that world of trouble, as you mentioned. And Serrano did what I thought she was going to do, which was she was going to try and get in and pick them punches off and she did but I also felt like Katie Taylor was quite significantly faster than what I've seen her before I don't know if it was just I was seeing it from a different perspective or, or at the time of watching it but I actually felt like she came in uh, a lot she must have came in a lot fast she must have worked on speed I think that's what I'm trying to get at she must have worked on a lot more speed and footwork in in, in this build-up because she it felt like she was beating Serrano to the punch on a lot of occasions, and I think that's what won her the majority of the rounds in this fight, was that she was getting in, and she wasn't just looking busy, but she was busy inside the pocket. On the inside, she was getting the shots off to the body and throwing the uppercuts in and, and catching Serrano, and Serrano at times looked a little bit more ponderous, uh, especially as the rounds went on, as you said, when she started to tire. She felt a little bit more ponderous. She, she was missing shots, so she was probably expending a bit more energy than what she needed to expend, and I think that's where Katie took over the fight uh, towards the championship rounds. That fifth round, though, that was a world of trouble for Katie Taylor. That I honestly thought that another referee could have quite easily stepped in there and said, you know what, no more. And, and thankfully, we had a referee that used their initiative and realised this is a massive championship fight. Do not stop this fight unless she's completely out on her feet or she's on the ground. And at one point, she looked a little bit out of it. How she managed to recover from it, well, that's just sheer heart and determination, absolutely. And that's what she's shown abundance of in this fight, was sheer heart and determination. And that's what won of the fight. That, to me, that's what won of the fight. When I first watched it, I thought, mm, this could be quite easily a draw. When I watched it back a second time, I can see why Katie Taylor has been given the decision. 
I can also see why people think Serrano won the fight, but it's definitely not as contentious as what I think, I think people think it is. I think Taylor put on a, a great performance at the start, uh, the midway and towards the end of the fight, and Serrano had her good spells of the fight. I think there was a lot of biased commentary going on. I think that also tends to it tends to sway people's opinions. If if you watch mm-hmm. the the fights with commentary on, especially the American commentary, it was very pro Serrano and 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 negative a bit more towards Katie Taylor at times. So you know, I kind of tried to take that away from it a little bit, and and I think it is a fight that I'd like to see again. I think like the Delphine Pursuit fight with Katie Taylor, I think that was a, a really tough fight for her in the first one. I'd love to see the second one. I'd love to see this as a second fight, but from what I've read on social media this past 24 hours, they're actually looking past Serrano now and not looking at a rematch. I don't know whether there's a contractual obligation for a rematch. Usually there is especially with magnitude fights like this. So I can imagine that might be somewhere down the line. But I said in the preview show that Katie Taylor, if she wins this fight, why doesn't she retire after this at 35? What else has she got to prove? She's just been a part of the greatest female fight of all time. She's been the flag bearer of the female boxing for the last five, six years. What else is there for her to do in the sport? Do you think now, Johnston, she's going to move up again? To, to super lightweight and maybe look at capturing a title again or is she just going to look at making another defence of the undisputed titles I mean what would you want to see now for Katie Taylor I think you're right in terms of uh, her rights to now retire I sort of felt that it was in her mind I know she was she seems up for the fight but she took that really slow walk didn't she into the ring and, and she really tried to just take in what was happening uh, and she took her time with that and I thought that was a, a good thing to do I think again the commentators were sort of saying it's just to keep Serrano in the ring a bit longer I think she was just soaking up the atmosphere she knew it was a massive night for female boxing especially in our era the eras before I'm sure there are probably other fights just as big but in terms of its magnitude in what I've witnessed I think that's the biggest fight I've seen and I thought that both fighters produced the goods but I think Personally, you know, I wouldn't put it against Katie to turn around and say, look, you know, saying that, they could do it again. I would like to see it again. It was a good fight. Really, I enjoyed it. I don't think it was as as amazing as some people working out. I think I've seen better fights, but it was still very technically astute. I, I thought both fighters had their moments of... So I felt that she had more moments than Serrano. And, and I sort of found it difficult to understand how Serrano was picking up any of the, the any of the first three rounds. I just, for me, I thought Katie entered the fight in the right way. And to, to she's not going to be working behind the jab. It's not the type of fight she is. But she was in and out very quickly. And, and Serrano struggled with that. And for what Katie felt that she was in so much control that she feels like now I'm going to sort of stand and plant my feet and go toe-to-toe with her. It was a massive mistake on her part. And even her corner looked a little bit suspicious when she went back in that fifth round. I felt that they sort of overlooked the fact that she looked really tired. Although sometimes Katie does look tired in a way. But yeah, that was a, it, it was a great moment for her. Her recovery skills were magnificent and it just shows you as you say the fit that she put in. The speed was there but I would like to see it again Sean. I would. I think she should stay out of the way. I think they should have a second fight being an island. Why not? They, if they could possibly do that whether Serrano would want to. I think Serrano would and, and to be fair to her, credit to her, 
she didn't even really moan. She said, I felt like I won the fight, but it was it went beyond that. They knew that that fight has made female boxing even bigger. And I think that was the point of it. And I think they both put on valiant displays and they've boxing with this fight. I believe that there's going to be more eyes on it now. And people genuinely may stick on some other female fighters top of the card. And that was nice to see. It's just that for me was the main talking point. And the fact that Serrano, you know, she did moan. I know obviously a promoter did. He moaned a little bit. What's his name? Jake Paul. It was, I don't know what is that. Do you know, <laughs> I don't really follow the guy. But um, look, for me, she won the fight, Katie. I think she just shaded it. It was a good fight. Why can't I do it again? I think it, and possibly in Ireland. I would like to see a 12th, 12 rounder for a fight like this. Two minute rounds, fine. But she had another couple of rounds on. For me personally, I know it's a talking point that people, make it three minutes but add another couple of rounds i think that would have made been more intriguing going into those last two rounds whether serrano would have been able to come back at katie or not and whether they would have gone for toe-to-toe in that 10th round like they did but yeah i i, I believe 12 rounds two minutes 12 rounds i think it, i don't see why they don't do it no that is a huge talking point isn't it that that's what i think we we do need to take a step forward for for the female side of the sport is to make it a little bit more equal and they talk about equality in boxing and i think as time's going on i think the sort of stance on it is starting to soften with those within boxing that are are detracting from from this happening so i think that has also give us the talking point of being able to see that be facilitated in the future and i'd like to see it be facilitated okay if they don't go 12 three minutes but they go 12 two minutes that's a step forward and maybe in another couple of years they'll, they'll go to three minutes if there's enough evidence to suggest that it's not going to be a detriment to, to to females then why not why not do it this is the thing for me they, they talk about equality in this day and age they're talking about making everything equal do it Stop wasting time talking about it, umming and airing about it. Just get it done and let these fighters get on with it. Do you not think these fighters go in the gym and spar for 12 three-minute rounds? Of course they do. Of course they do. They do it all the time in training. So they're actually conditioned for longer than they're actually in the ring for on fight night anyway. So, you know, why not allow this to happen? Well, we'll see what the future holds, but I think this will definitely open the door for that conversation to happen, maybe even if it is just 12 two-minute rounds. But what a great fight, a really enjoyable fight, and for me, I think it will be a starting point for, for greater things to come in the future with the female side of the sport. So let's move on then, Johnston. Do you want to move on to Shakur Stevenson's victory over Valdez and uh, what you think of that? Stevenson, oh my goodness, Shakur Stevenson, I was very impressed with the kid, I've I've been a huge fan of his, from the moment he's turned over, I've kept a close eye on him, and I felt that he would dominate this fight, we said it was a sort of 60-40, we felt Valdez would need to land something, and it, not, there wasn't a moment in that fight where Shakur was in any danger whatsoever, as we mentioned, his distancing, his timing, his his hand speed, his IQ, the way he was, a couple of times you sort of see him sort of stepping on each other's feet because obviously you're going to get that orthodox and a southpaw fighter, but the, just the distance and how he was able to, to come out of danger if Valdez ever did try to put any pressure on him, I was really impressed with Shakur Stevenson. And I think as that would cement, not cement him as the top of the division, but now people will start eyeing him as potentially one of the future stars in boxing in general and i honestly believe he's got all 
the ability to do and he made Valdez look very average and I know people have sort of turned around and said that Valdez because he looks average that he's a poor fighter I don't believe that I think and he's one of the best in his division it's just he's come up against a guy that outboxed him he literally outboxed him in every respect and what I love to see with Shakur Stevenson as always always had a smile on his face was absolutely enjoying it before they were coming out in some of the rounds to even engage again or dancing to the music I did love it I really enjoyed watching it and, and I feel that he was enjoying himself as well it was just a thrill to watch an absolute boxing masterclass from the kid and as I say he just made me think mate I thought it was a great fight I, I really enjoyed seeing Shakur Stevenson come of age I said it at the top of the show Shakur came of age in that fight because you know we wasn't sure if that Jamal Herring fight was maybe just Jamal Herring getting a little bit older and, and, and maybe coming past his prime, even though he was champion, you know, with all due respect to him. However, Shakur shown us what we anticipated could be, which was him using that speed and ability and boxing technique to get in and out and, and hurt Valdez, who did what I thought he was going to in this fight. I think he came... He came forward in straight lines too often and he didn't use as much lateral movement as I thought he would do. And I think that's shown when Sir Stevenson was able to get him down in round number six. And he was just great combinations, great flurries and just sort of bamboozled him throughout the course of the fight. And, you know, for, for all his credit, Oscar Valdez admitted, you know, he got beat by a better man on the night and he really did. And, you know, I thought maybe he was going to be a bit you know, he's going to make an excuse for it or, but no, he was, I was quite happy with the fact that he, he actually admitted that, you know, I got beat by a better guy, it's as simple as that now and, you know, we're looking at Valdez's career moving forward, does he move up in weight now after this because we know he's had problems with the weight, I, I think for me personally, why why not, why shouldn't he move up to, to lightweight next, is he big enough at lightweight and then for Shakur, well, I want to see him unify this super featherweight division before he moves anywhere forward and he's got time on his hands as well with him having two belts and with there being the two other belts in the division there's no reason why he can't chase that dream of becoming an undisputed super featherweight champion but we'll see what comes of it and we'll see what boxing brings up to us but overall i i really enjoyed the fight i thought it was a great great event great fight and it just showcased you know, some great ability from Shakur Stevenson and some heart and determination from Oscar Valdez. So, really enjoyed it. Uh, they were the two big fights of the weekend that, you know, we covered for the for the big fight preview. And there were a lot of other fights that we mentioned that were on over the weekend as well, Johnston. We said about, obviously, what else we wanted to tune into this weekend. And I go back to the DAZN card and I go back to Liam Smith's fight with Jesse Vargas. I thought that was another really good fight. I really enjoyed that. Liam Smith got the win. TKO in the 10th round, uh, but it wasn't all his own way in the first four or five rounds. I thought it was a, a really good nip and tuck fight between the two of them. And I thought at one point, Vargas might even might even really hurt him and put him down. But Liam Smith, systematically, as the rounds went on, he, he broke Jesse Vargas down and hurt him with multiple shots of the body and the head. And he also opened a cut on Jesse Vargas, as as Jesse Vargas opened a cut on Smith, and eventually he had him in a lot of trouble in the ninth, and eventually stops him in the 10th, uh, which is a fantastic win for Liam, absolutely fantastic win for him, and he's just shown that, he's still got that little bit of desire, burning desire left in the tank to, to challenge for another world title again, whereas I think Vargas 
he's he's into politics outside of the boxing ring and he'd put his uh, political career on hold for this fight. So if I was being Jesse Vargas now, I'd probably be saying maybe it's time to call it time and focus on everything else that's going on outside of the ring. But I want to know what you made of that that performance from Liam, really. And, you know, has he, has he got enough to become a world champion again? I've always liked Liam Smith. I feel that he's he's just relentless, but he's he's a constant threat throughout the fight. He doesn't burst out of the traps, and and he does. He just gets stronger the fight the more the fight goes on. But he sort of maintains a level, and, and no matter what his opponents do, whether it was Fowler before that or um, um, Vargas on on Saturday, well, early hours of Sunday morning, they seem sometimes you feel that like Liam is. He's not adjusted too well. I, I think he's a very slow starter, but I just feel that some of the fighters will come at him and then he will gradually lose a couple of rounds, but then he just gets stronger. And But his, his level's consistent throughout the 12 rounds. He's, he's flurries. He puts constant pressure on the, on his opponents. And and that was basically what he done on on Saturday. And I just feel that eventually he was going to break him down. And you could see, you could sense that Vargas was struggling with it. The more and more the fight wore on and, and Liam just began to really pull away. Vargas had a lot of heart to stay in there. And as you say, he has got other distractions away from the ring. And I don't really, a fighter that can fight above the welterweight division. I feel like he was quite small for that division as it was. And I wasn't the best of moves from him, but... I think that the, the, in the end, the natural bigger guy came out on top and obviously the two cuts. It was a good fight. though. It was really enjoyable to watch. And yeah, I was impressed with Liam and I just hope that he does get that chance. I, I believe there's talks, obviously, once again, of Kell Brook, whether, whether Kell would want to take that fight because obviously I don't think the money's quite in that. But really impressed with Liam. A, a sensational finish, really, the fact that he got the stoppage. I thought Vargas would just hang on and I thought Smith would take a, a, a unanimous decision. But... In the end, he got the stoppage. Credit to him. And I feel, although there was only six minutes to go, I don't think Vargas was in any real particular... He wasn't that hurt, I don't feel. I feel like it was more the volume that was coming at him and he wasn't responding to stand the stoppage. I feel that Vargas possibly could have just got through the fight and I'm sure he probably would be disappointed that he did get stopped. But I wouldn't say it's a premature stoppage or anything. But just look, Liam Smith has got to be happy with that. And I think Vargas, it's, it's the end of the road for him now. I would say so. I would agree with that assessment. That Liam Smith will be looking at eyeing up the winner of Charlo versus Castano too, as will many other super welterweights yeah. as well. They'll be all looking at that fight and wanting a piece of the winner of that one, of course. But he's got his opportunity. He's out there. He's, he's ranked number four, I think, by the WBO at the moment now. So it's an opportunity for him going forward to have at least one last world title tilt. And I think he's capable of competing at the highest level still. Even still now, I think he's still showing he's, he's got the capabilities to do that. I think whether he wins a world title is another question, but competing at that level, absolutely, he's definitely got something left there to do that. So that was a great fight for the undercard. Uh, Amo Williams, wanted to mention Amo Williams getting a first-round TKO against the fellow undefeated Chordale Booker. And just showing again, even though he stepped up in levels, he's fighting a fellow undefeated fighter with more experience. He still manages to pull it out of the bag, and I think... As time's going on, the more and more they start to step up these levels of opposition, the more difficult opposition he gets, the more we'll get to see how good he really is. Lukey's always mentioned before on our preview shows about Amo Williams, about him needing to step up and needing him to be in really competitive fights to see the best of him. I think on paper, it was very competitive. 
in reality, he just blew him out of the water and got an absolutely great victory at the weekend. Galalyafai got a victory as well over the weekend, the second round retirement of Miguel Cartagena. And then we also had Reshat Matty going 12-0, Sky Nicholson going 3-0, and then the undisputed super middleweight female titles, uh, Franchon Cruz, Desern getting the unanimous decision over Ellen Sedruz, which made up that particular card. But then we go back to the top-ranked card and obviously have a couple of mentions for that one. Nico Ali, Walsh, grandson of Muhammad Ali, of course, getting an emphatic stoppage in the first round and that was another highlight real KO to add to his list he now goes 5 and 0 Keyshawn Davis with a TKO in 6 rounds continues his career goes 5 and 0 with a great victory there and then you also see victories for Raymond Mutatalia and Andreas Cortez over that particular weekend so all in all it was a, a great showing over both cards I enjoyed catching up with all the fights on Sunday. I enjoyed seeing the outcomes of some of these other undercard fighters because, you know, for us, we don't always get to tune into all these American fighters all the time. So, you know, people that tune into us from America, they, 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 they see us or they hear us, should I say, talk about a lot of the main fights, but they don't get to hear us mention some of the other fights on the card. So I've been making a bit more of a conscious effort to try and tune into as many of the other undercard fighters as possible. And the reason I don't tend to do that is is, is probably the same reason we do here in the UK. It's like a lot of the fighters that they go in against have got losing records. So a lot of them are mismatches. So you tend to really sort of not see the best of these fighters until maybe they're at least 10 fights forward because that's when they start putting them in with better matched opposition. But, you know, I've seen some good fighters over the weekend. What did you make of, of any particular fighters? Any standout performances? Uh, anything you wanted to highlight from any of these fights over the weekend? I like Kishon Davis. I do like the kid. Um, you know, he what in the early 20s 24 something like that um and uh yeah i was really impressed with him and and the fact that he's in the gym working and working with shaka stevenson is only going to help him and he does look like a real name um to to keep a, an eye out for and he's going to just make his way through the ranks yes yeah, so I'm, I'm very very impressed with sort of the start he's made and i hope that he can maintain that because it would be nice to see another name Again, in the lightweight division, but look, he's he's probably the one guy. I mean, I didn't see Nico Ali count. I've heard it was emphatic, and people were quite impressed with it. But yeah, I mean, we, it's, it's too early to even really mention. I mean, I'm saying Kishon, but Kishon just does look to be quite polished uh, with that amateur background behind him as well. So, yeah, I, I think that's the that's the other name to really look out for for me. Um, I will definitely be keeping a beady eye on him. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that particular weekend coming up. We're going to be talking about Canelo versus Bivol in a big fight preview coming up after this particular episode. So please do tune in for that. I suppose final thoughts then on this on this past weekend really goes back to the the, the main event for me, which was Taylor versus Serrano this weekend, and, and and how it really did bring the boxing fraternity together. It was it was really good to see you know a lot of people in attendance a lot of people shouting about it on social media a lot of celebrities as well talking about it on social media and that's kind of know when you you know when you've got the audience there when you've got the world watching is when you get these celebrities like film stars and actors and uh, all these all these other people within different 
different sports coming together to sort of talk about particular fights. I mean, even like WWE were involved. They presented Katie Taylor with a uh, a WWE women's title uh, because they're obviously <laughs> the, the the links to uh, Becky Lynch, uh, her being from Ireland and her training in similar areas to Katie Taylor. She's obviously uh, the, the sort of the standout Irish superstar in WWE and that's kind of why they've got this relationship with boxing as well so it was it was good to see it was good to see everybody coming out for that and I just hope that as per our conversation earlier that you know they start to look at relaxing the rules a little bit around you know the rounds and the length of the rounds and and, and how it will actually transcend the sport even more because and, and, and I know we're guilty of saying this we're guilty of always saying female boxing and it's a phrase that everybody uses to differentiate the, 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 you know, the male and female in the sport. But what it really should come down to eventually is it just being a boxing match rather than it. Oh, it's a female boxing match. It's just a boxing match. The boxing match between two really well trained athletes, two great competitors. What does it matter if they're male or they're female? And I think that's the the other thing it needs to be pushing forward for i know there's going to be a lot of people that will never be able to look at boxing in that way they'll always differentiate between male and female because of of obviously the genetic side of thing but for me when you get a fight like that and you get two competitors at their very peaks in sports it doesn't matter to me it doesn't matter if the male if the female if the black the white the chinese whatever it is it doesn't matter if you've got two talented individuals within the sport of boxing in that ring at that time and they're showing the world what boxing is all about and they're giving this sort of shop window to the sport that's to me is what matters the most. It doesn't matter about oh well, female boxing. The quality of it isn't good, and that's what you see a lot of on social media. Is you know I've seen comments on social media after this fight saying, yeah, it was a decent fight, but uh, you know female boxing still shit. And that and that's literally what I was seeing. I was like, right, okay, I, I understand that there is some way to go to to up the level of competition when it comes down to females in the sport, but that is is quickly rising. And eventually, over the next five, ten years, I don't even think people will just refer to it as female boxing. And I know, like I said, we're guilty of it. We say it all the time. I've said it about 15 times in this episode. But eventually, we should just be talking about it as boxing and not female boxing. So the matter is, is that we had Taylor and Serrano. We've spoke more about that than we did with, with Stevenson and Oscar Valdez. So for us, that was the fight of the weekend, Taylor Serrano. And we, we felt that we would put that first and discuss that first because that was the better fight, irrelevant if it, if it was male or female. And that was the truth of it. And, and that's pretty much, well, that is how it worked out because as we thought, Shakur Stevenson did what he was supposed to do and just just wiped the floor with, with Oscar Valdez. Whereas the, the Taylor Serrano fight was a lot closer. It was a lot more entertaining. There was a lot more going on in that fight than, than the other one. So, and it got overshadowed. Let's be honest, Taylor Serrano overshadowed Stevenson and, and Valdez. There yep. wasn't much discussion about that. Boxing diehard fan. I mean, even the fact that I'm sitting at home on the Sunday morning and, and BBC News, which don't always tend to even discuss boxing, actually one of the main headlines on their sports news bulletin was the fact that Katie Taylor had just beaten Amanda Serrano. That there, that level shows, that exposure that the rest of the world was watching. And it, was, it wasn't just for boxing. It was it was a sporting occasion. And I think that's that's the other part of it. And that's the beautiful thing about it. When we get these big fights, there's a lot of interest in it. 
and it is it's a sport at the end of the day the the, the be all and end all it is a sport and if uh, it gets more eyes on boxing then you're going to get more kids in the gym there's going to be more funding you're going to get more development and whether they're male or female or whatever color you are whatever creed you are whatever background you are it doesn't matter it, as long as you you enjoy the sport and you want to improve and you want to progress and, and try and become as good as those two, Taylor and Serrano, then then good luck to you. And that's what we want. It's, it's a sporting occasion, not not necessarily just a, a, a big boxing occasion. I think that's a very good way to end this episode. I'm not adding anything more to that because I, I thought that was a, <laughs> it, was a, it was a great advert for, for any young listeners that might be tuning into us. And, and I hope that, you know, it does put that message across, really, because that's what I've taken away from it as well. As a boxing fan, first and foremost, I've taken that exactly away from it. It's been a, a great weekend to cover. I've really enjoyed watching the fights this weekend. And I hope you guys have too. Please do let us know, as always, on social media about your opinions on these fights. You can get at us on Twitter at BTR Boxing Pod or on Facebook or on Instagram or YouTube, the BTR Boxing Podcast Network. Please do go and check that out. A big shout out to the patrons of the podcast, as always. Your support is helping us, as it always does, to continuously improve all of our content across this network. And if you're not already a patron, please do check us out at patreon.com forward slash BTR Boxing Podcast Network. On there, you can get things like early access to episodes, you can get ad-free content, so if you don't want to listen to the ads midway through the episodes, then please go and check that out. You can commission episodes, you get patron-only content, so there's episodes that we've recorded and released on there that none of you guys will have listened to if you just listen to us on a general basis so if all that sounds pretty interesting or pretty appealing to you then please do go and check us out because for for a little little amount to support us you'll be able to get all that content and much much more so please check us out at patreon.com forward slash btr boxing podcast network that's everything for this big fight reaction please do go and check out our big fight preview for dimitri bivol and sol canelo alvarez Podcast Network.